The opinions expressed on this program are solely those of its hosts, guests, or callers, and do not necessarily represent the opinions of WTBR-FM, its management, other producers, or sponsors. And what do you get when you get two guys in a room that's surrounded by a bunch of electronic equipment, microphones, headphones, etc. And he's on the other side of the glass, and his team's in last place, and my team's playing like they're in last place. Yes, it's time for Cronin the Zook again right here on WTBR 89.7 FM. Give us a call, 413-445-5943. Let's go! For 57 minutes. <laughs> Aaron Hicks sucks. Oh, no, it's cold outside. Well, it's really nice and warm. Shows the basement in the L East. My team is brutal, dude. Is it the Joey Gowell? Get it out of here. Let's go for both. Another edition of WTBR Sports Talk. Cronin the Zook with you here on 89.7 FM WTBR. Good morning, Mr. Cronin. How are you, sir? Good morning, doctor. How are you, sir? Oh, man, not too good with my baseball team, boy. I'll tell you. Oh, my God, my goodness. What's going on with the Yankees? I can't, I can't believe it. What a beautiful day outside. But you know what? This is torture for me. I can't take it. I mean, you're having a bad enough season as a Red Sox fan. These guys are about to blow, you know, the whole thing. I mean, I know they're still up 10 games. Thank God the Toronto Blue Jays stink. Think of all the games they could have picked up right now, Toronto, with the Yankees swoon as it is, the July swoon as it's been. My team is so bad right now. Okay, didn't get the Carson reference, but that's okay. How bad are they? Okay. <laughs> no, I did not pick okay. up on that. Okay, that's all right. Uh, well, I'll tell you how bad they are. Let me tell you something how bad they are, okay? Okay. Um, right now, last night, they were shut out for the fourth time, okay, in the last nine games. The road trip started in St. Louis after they stunk against the Mariners at home. Three losses against St. Louis, two losses against the Mariners, and they come to Fenway Park, and ladies and gentlemen, score a total of five runs in two games and make Michael Waka look like the second coming of Bob Gibson the other night. I mean, no offense to the Red Sox, they get up for the Yankees, but I mean, this is ridiculous. Eight runs... In the last six games? Just to add a little insult to injury, yeah. they were a Xander Bogart's base running blunder away from getting swept at Fenway, by the way. That's true. You're very right So about th- that. it's yeah. been a really terrible stretch for that baseball team. The first game, Clay Holmes stinks in the ninth. Boone, you know, is just trying to do anything to figure out who the hell is closing games now. How about this one? How about 11-21 since July 9th? There you go. There's a fine record. I mean, it's a joke. One run in the last 22 innings. How about three runs in the last 34 innings, okay? And the only runs they got were kind of falafa with a, with a home run and a, and, a, and, a, and a squeeze play and a, and a safety squeeze play for a run that won them the game the other night. Kind of falafa sounds like it should be a menu item at a Mediterranean exactly. restaurant. <laughs> I'd like to order the kind of falafa, please, on the menu. Thank you. Yes, what do we have done tonight? We have the Isaiah kind of falafa at $25.95 with a bottle of wine and... 
I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, I mean, and the, I mean, you just went over the OPSs. Listen to this crap, okay? Trevino seven thirty five, Rizzo eight thirty five, but Rizzo's hitting like two twenty. Rizzo's Rizzo's at bats last night. Ridiculous. He's like reaching for the ball like it's a paddle. He couldn't hit the ball on the outside of a plate if he had an oar in his hand. Maybe I mean, his back issues are a little bit more extensive than they're than they're put letting on right now I, with I, him. I agree. IKF six forty two, even though he's hitting two seventy. All right. I mean, it's ridiculous. Donaldson, what, what what did we see Donaldson was? Like 6-something, six 644, 692? 692, I think. 692. Higgy, 609. Higgy stinks anyway. Higgy can't hit the side of a barn or hit his weight anyway. So DJ's at 798. He's hurt. Matt Carpenter was unbelievable. He's hurt. His ERA was over 1,000. Yeah. Or not ERA, I'm sorry, OPS. OPS. It was over like 1.026 yeah. or something. He was right. having a ridiculous right. year. Judge has been amazing, okay? Glaber Torres, 732. He's been a bust. Glaber Torres, this is how this is how Boone thinks. Glaber Torres, now I know, I know Glaber got two hits last night. I understand that. I know that, okay? But Glaber, over his last 16 games, is hitting like 148. So Boone decides, well, you know, we're going to put him up first there. Why can't Benintendi bat first? Now, here's Benintendi's numbers, right? What do you say Benintendi say, right? 185 since he's joined the Yankees? With a 585 OPS. With 585 200 OPS. points lower than it was so in Kansas guess, City. So I guess batting him first is stupid, too. So who do you bat first? Last night it was Glaber. Normally it's DJ, high on base percentage, right? We talk about this all the time. But did the Yankees really have a legitimate, and I mean a legitimate, leadoff guy every other team in in baseball has a legitimate guy with speed or legitimate table setters whether it's trey turner and mookie betts in uh you know in in los angeles whether it's ozzy albies when he's healthy in in with the braves i don't know who's leading off for the braves right now if it's uh acuna or who, who's batting first they can't remember now they got batting first they didn't get a chance to watch last night cedric mullins with the orioles right cedric mullins with the orioles i mean like uh, jose altuve with houston I mean, they're all table setters, okay? I love LeMayu, but to me, he's better off batting second. Let Judge bat third. Judge has hit 30 solo home runs. What? 29 solo home runs. Let's round it off. The 30 solo home runs this season. Now, does that make any sense? And last night, I'm arguing one of the guys on the fan, and he says, oh, by the way, we're going to have Pat Boyle on today, who's an excellent producer and excellent host on WFAN New York. He'll join us about uh, 1020, so that'll be really good. Pat's on doing his duty on the CBS side of things down on Hudson Street today. So it's really nice of Pat to take the time to come on with us. But, uh, I mean... Dude, I, you know I don't know what else, I don't know what else to say. I mean, DJ's hurt, Stanton's hurt. You lost Matt Carpenter, so you lost your three best hitters besides Judge, and this team is seriously limping. Seriously limping. How long is Stanton out for this time? Well, he just took batting practice this right. yesterday, so supposedly there's a possibility that he might be able to jo- um, join the team this weekend and actually play. So you figure he's going to DH probably, obviously, and you don't think he's going to play much of the outfield, which leaves Ben Attendi, which leaves Aaron Hicks. To play center field. Aaron Hicks is a disgrace. Five for his last 53, and one of those games he got four hits. What a night What a, what a night for him last night, can huh? Any, can, can we, and, Aaron, and Bader is sitting in a boot. You know, Bader's from my area. He's from Bronxville, New York. He's, he's sitting in a boot Probably right love now. to have Montgomery back in that rotation, wouldn't you? Yeah. Regret you know, that trade. The pitching's not the problem. Look at Gary Cole. Gary Cole last night gives him an underrun because, uh, you know, Aaron Hicks looked like Timmy Lupus he for turns the bad a, news bears. Yeah, he turns a routine fly ball into a triple. Yeah. That was absolutely ridiculous. And then he comes up. Here's the, here's the creme de la creme of the night. This is the great inning for the Yankees, right? Okay. They get a base hit. Benny comes up, and he, and he bunts the ball for a base hit. He gets on. First and second, nobody out. So here comes, you know, a guy who's been clutch all year, right, in, in, in Trevino, right? All year, all right? Been clutch hitter. Takes the ball to the opposite field. What does he do? He bunts and sacrifices. What do they do? Throw the guy at a third. So there's one out. They just gave him an out. First and second now, right? One out. 
Next batter gets a base hit, kind of falafa, right? But they hold Benintendi at third base. So now with bases loaded, and here comes the great Aaron Hicks, who's hitting 145 with the bases loaded, who's the only player, wait, who's the only player in Major League Baseball this season, okay, to have four trips to the plate with the bases loaded and ground into four double plays. I'm so glad you signed him for a seven-year deal. I have to see three more years of this guy. If he could stay on the field, which you're probably hoping at this point that he gets hurt. I hope he gets hurt. He takes a permanent <laughs> trip to Palookaville, okay? 413-445-5943. Robbie Zucker and Sean Curry. Obviously, we, you know, just so everybody knows, we don't wish any ill will or any injuries on anybody. But, you know, when you say somebody gets hurt, like maybe they sprain their ankle and have to miss the season. Yeah, oh, that my kind of God. And, and Peraza's sitting there in This is what drives me crazy about Brian Cashman. Okay, let's send Mariaccio down to the Myers, right? He's our best reliever lately, so we're going to keep him down because he has options. I am so sick of options. So what? So what? So Abreu can stink it up here? And Boone, it drives me crazy with the constant change in the batting. It's not all his fault though, because he's got his hands tied. Nobody is hitting. Listen to this number. Okay, the, the, the great acquisition of Josh Donaldson has been a total disaster. 221 batting average. 221, right? And in, in, his, last, in, his, in his last 21 at-bats, he's 2 for 21 with 11 Ks. I mean, this is a guy you're giving $25 million, And you know what the really the, the sickening thing is? He has to come back next year. Well, you say again. he's under contract for $25 million again next year, too, right? And he's going to be, Correct. what, 36, 37? Yeah. Yeah, that's bad. It's pathetic. Yeah. That's not what they need. See, Cashman doesn't get it through his thick skull that the way you build a team is by putting table setters in front of your boppers, okay? And by putting, and people are going to say, well, Rob, you know, the, look at their record at the beginning of the year. Look how many Mickey Mouse teams they played. And also, too, their pitching was great. The pitching in the first half was like a 3 RA. Right now, the pitching has been like 4-3-6. But you know what? The last few games, the pitching's been great. Cole has pitched 13 consecutive innings of unrun baseball. You know how many run support he's gotten? Zero. Zero. So it's not about the starting pitching. Tyone's it's, been great lately. He's been okay. He's, he's been better than he was. He was. Three, he's been fine. He gave you 3-7. Yeah. and seven. What do you want from the guy? If you don't hit, it doesn't matter. If you don't score runs, it doesn't matter. So let me ask you this question, okay? Yeah, yeah. You try to, you know, when you have a team struggling as bad as the Yankees are right now, okay, you made a, a trade for Montes. You could have gotten Castillo, who I think is a better pitcher, but you didn't want to give up Volpe. So how about a little spark here? Why not bring him up? If you're so high on this guy, right? As I'm saying that as, as like Brian Cashman or, you know, or Aaron Boone's like, um, um, can we get this new guy up here? To try to provide a little spark. Maybe he gets hot and it, it, it ignites the rest of the team. Either that or get rid of Boone. They asked Peraza. They asked, they asked Boone the other day about Peraza last week, and they interviewed him, right? I think they had him on ESPN Radio. And Boone said, well, he got off to a, a rough start, but now he's doing much better, and he's been be really good down the minors. They need a spark. They, I mean, the last time they had a guy, okay, that gets his uniform dirty and leads off and is tough and is, you know, is Johnny Damon and Derek Jeter. That's the last time they had guys that were true table setters. No offense to DJ. He's got a high on base percentage. He, he's a good hitter. He, right now his OPS is up at 798, but he's hurt. He's got a bad toe problem. He's day-to-day. -day. When he comes back, fine. But can't we get somebody for crying out loud in front of him to get Judge to bat third so Judge doesn't come up batting for himself every time? It's ridiculous. I'm sorry. I know his numbers are great. He has 46 home runs, but he only has 100 RBIs and 46 home runs. Is that... Does that relate to each other? Does that mean that he's not driving in a lot of runs because he's batting second? But he is driving in a lot of runs. So I, I hear the argument from a lot of people, well, he's doing great. Leave him alone. Leave him where he is. 
but there's nobody in front of him half the time. They and, say the best weapon, the best weapon in baseball is the three-run homer. And we don't, when you don't give a guy a, uh, you know, put him in position to have that, what are you doing? At least bat him third. At least when you're batting, when you're batting LaCastro, you're telling me that Tim LaCastro, Brian Cashman is your best option. You're telling me Tim LaCastro? Look at the bench. You got Kagashioka hitting 200. You got LaCastro hitting 188. It's a joke. You're carrying 13 pitchers. And then last night, he puts Loisaga in the game, right? And Loisaga has a great inning. Loisaga's been terrible this year, right? He's been terrible last year. His ERA's over six, right? Or almost seven, right? So last night, he gets a one, two, three inning in the seventh. Brings him in in the eighth. I'm thinking, okay, Aaron, that's a good job. Rewarding the guy for a good inning. What does he do? Takes him out after one thing to bring in Wadi Peralta because he's so obsessed with righties and lefties. Who gave up two runs? Who? No, no. Peralta, Peralta did. No, what Peralta did? Well, technically, walks the first two guys. Then he brings in Trevino, the guy they got from Oakland with his six or seven ERA, and he and he gives up two runs. And before you know it, it's four and three runs. And before you know, it, it's four nothing. Game over. Lights out. See you later. I mean, it's ridiculous. They have scored three runs in thirty-four innings. It is an absolute joke. And Boone, they, Boone is so antiseptic. What is he supposed to do, though? If Steinbrenner was still alive, Boone would not be managing this baseball oh, team. He, he, well, he would have been, been gone. Never, he would have never been resigned. He would have never been resigned, oh, right. Been right. Resigned. I mean, an option for a fourth year? I mean, look, it's not, it's not his fault that they have the injuries right now. Do I like him as a manager? No. I mean, I rant all over him all the time because I can't stand I mean, the idea of a guy with three generations of baseball throwing, a, throwing at four outfielders makes me sick to my stomach. I mean, that's just like such nonsensical, silly baseball. I mean, it really is. If you can't trust your outfielders to make a catch, I mean, it's just absurd. But, I mean, it, the strikeouts are ridiculous. I mean, Rizzo struck out last night a million times. I mean, they strike out so much time. I mean, the idea was to bring in guys that have contact. So what, is, what does Cashman do? He brings in a guy who's going to strike out over 200 times this year in Donaldson. He's been a disaster. I mean, come on. Urshel is at least hitting. You know, Urshel is playing Minnesota. The numbers are similar. But Urshel is hitting 264, not 220. And Urshel gets clutch hits and makes contact a lot, too. I thought that was a terrible trade. It's just Especially routine. when they picked up the entire $50 million guaranteed. I just, what are they doing? I mean, you could have signed a really good shortstop. I'm kind of for left. Okay, he's playing decent defense. I'm not. I'm not down on him. I mean, he's a singles guy. He's not a high OPS guy. We know he doesn't slug well. We know. We don't care about that. But the the thing is, the guy's OPS is six sixty, so he doesn't walk a lot. And it is what it is, you know. So I mean, but I mean, it's just ridiculous. I'm I'm disgusted with this the way this team is playing. Four one three four four five five nine four three. The question is, and the thing is, the Blue Jays are so bad; they still have a ten game lead. So everybody's like, okay, let's just relax, and you know, you know, they'll snap out of this. And so, who says they're going to snap out of it? All of a sudden, Stanton's going to come back off his Achilles, and all of a sudden, he's going to turn into Babe Ruth, or he's going to be the Stanton that he was last year through through some of the season. I mean, still hitting two thirty, uh, you know, this, this season. So. I don't know if you get if you get a team with you know a, a bullpen right now that's questionable. I mean, who's your closer? Is Chapman your closer? Is Clay Holmes your closer? How about bringing in Scott Efros the other night? If you know what to close the game against the Red Sox, if Efros blows that game, Boone should have been fired because you can't bring Chapman back in because you got four outs. Ooh, whoopie doo! I used to watch I used to watch Goose Gossage come in for three you know for three innings, the seventh, eighth, and ninth, and get a save when I was a kid, throwing the same hard, saying, "Here, hit it." It's just nonsense. I mean, baseball has turned to complete nonsense. Anyway, 413-445-5943. Going to be joined by Pat Boyle in a little bit. So, uh, anyway, so, um, so your Red Sox starting a three-game set with Pittsburgh tonight. 
See, I would look at the Red Sox. Any thoughts about this team making the playoffs? I would look at the Red Sox in the past, right? We're five games out of the wild card right now. And I, and I looked at the schedule this morning. I'm like, well, we got three against the, the Pirates and then three against the Orioles. And I would, in the past, I go, wow, that's a chance to take maybe five out of six. You're probably going to lose one here somewhere. But the Orioles aren't slouches anymore. The Orioles are playing inspired baseball. And, uh, you know, five games out, middle of August, stranger things have happened. But I'm, I'm, I'm not counting on this team to do anything. But the pitching just isn't there. I mean, you know, they're, they're basically running out a, a quad A rotation. I mean, the, Cutter Crawford's been great. He's been really pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Not great. He's been pretty good. Yeah, he was good the other night against the Yanks. And then they take him out. Isn't that the beauty of baseball now? Oh, let's let's pitch a guy for five innings and remove him. Rich Hill's been a he's been dreadful. They just moved him to the bullpen. Waka, I mean Waka's his peripherals don't match up with his results. It's just, I mean he's gonna he's gonna blow up at some point. You would think he pitched so well the other night. He made. He made the Yankees look like the like like little league team. It was ridiculous. I'm going. This is a guy who had a five year A last year, and the and the Yankees are like getting mowed down. Like I mean, look, look like the Gas House Gorillas from Bugs Bunny cartoon. One two three strikes you out. One two three strikes you out. That's what it looked like. It was ridiculous. Absolutely the, ridiculous. The Red Sox aren't hitting other than Devers. I mean, J D Martinez was hitting 340 about a month and a half ago. His batting average is down in the 270s. Hasn't hit a home run since, uh, what, 2014? That's what it feels like. I mean, the guy doesn't hit for any power anymore. So the bullpen is is a complete and utter disaster. Why is it that they play so well against the Yankees, though? I don't understand that. To cut you off, sorry. No, no, you're fine. Yeah, yeah. They they play good against good teams and crappy against bad teams, and that's what you're supposed to do in baseball. Is you, you you beat up on the bad teams, you play good against the you, you know you know what I'm trying to say. And it's just that was the first time they've won a series against an AL East team all season. They are one eleven and one against American League East teams. The one win they have all year is against the Yankees as a series. So do I think they're going to go anywhere? No, I don't. But they also took two out of... This is the frustrating thing as a Red Sox fan. They also last week took two out of three from Houston. Wait, Houston! Wait. But they go to Kansas City and lose three out of four. They're, they're, they're such a frustrating team. It's like they play to the level of their competition. That's what kills me about it. Absolutely. It's just really but, nuts. So. But I think the trade of Vasquez really just demoralized that clubhouse. I mean, they said, they said that uh, ownership, management... Players, coaches, they're all going, what the hell kind of a trade deadline was this for Bloom? Right, it's just nonsense. Brings in Hosmer and Tommy Pham, but he trades away Vasquez. So he didn't really accomplish anything. It, it's, he didn't make them better. He didn't acquire one pitcher. Pitching has been the problem all year. All year long, right. He could have gotten Montas. He could have gotten Castillo. He has built up the farm system in the last three years from a bottom of the league to we're top 10, top so, 12. Okay, so why, we had pieces to move that we could have gotten why, a starter. But, but my question for you is why Why did they Why did they move a catcher, a guy who's such a popular player, but they can resign him next year, he's a free agent, but I don't understand why they moved him specifically. That's Nobody did. Nobody understood that. And they traded him to the team that they were playing against, and he comes out and goes, hey, Alex, can I take one more round of batting practice? It was the most awkward, bizarre thing that I've ever seen as a sports fan. It's just ridiculous to watch, um, you know, this Red Sox team. Like, you can't decide whether they're buyers or sellers or what they're really doing. I, I really don't know. It sapped the morale right out of that clubhouse. Why is it that a team, like you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, why is it a team like the Red Sox that has a lot of money make themselves look like a small market team at times? I, I just don't understand it. They're, they're top five in payroll. 
but they act like they can't resign their free agents. And it's but, not like they don't have good players. But they did. Uh, Buster only just came out a couple days ago and said that he thinks that uh, he's heard that the Red Sox are going to make Devers an offer he can't refuse. They better. <laughs> they better. Are well, they going to put a gun to his head like Luca Brasi? <laughs> <laughs> they better. Because if they stab if, a knife in his hand, if they continue the trend of you know Mookie Betts getting traded, they continue that trend with Devers, it's going to totally kill the fan base. And there are already a lot of angry fans as there is. That's all I got for you. Yeah. It's this team, I, I just that's they just leave me perplexed. The Dodgers they really do. lost the other night. They were at one twelve in a row. Yeah. Joey Gallo's hitting home runs and you know the Joey curse of Joe. Maybe it's you know everybody's talking about it, it's the curse of Joey Gallo. Like ever since the Yankees traded Joey Gallo, the Dodgers have been on a roll and the Yankees haven't been. So I don't know if that if there's any significance to, to that uh to that trade, but I'll tell you what, they could have put Aaron Hicks on the airplane with Joey Gallo and sent him to L.A. for all I care. You can send Aaron Hicks to Outer Slablobia for all I care at this point. 413-445-5943. Cronin and Zook right here. 445-5943 right here on a gorgeous day right here in Pittsfield. And the Blake Shears and the Blake Shears. And uh, just want to uh, let you know that uh, my band, HB Funk and Company, we're all over the place. We're going to be around in September. We're playing September 10th in Dalton, September 24th in Dalton, and September 25th at the Apple Squeeze Fest in Lenox. So uh, get on the Facebook page, HB Funk and Company, and uh, come out and see us. Uh, we have a lot of fun. And uh, so, and I got a new quartet I'm playing with hopefully soon. So that's going to be exciting too. So uh, yeah, doing a lot of musical things this summer. That'll be fun. So uh, anyway, so what'd you do this weekend? Anything fun? Nothing, nothing yeah, spectacular. Nothing just I, you know, uh, got together with a couple friends, and uh, but basically just watch baseball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's you know, there's really there's not a whole lot to do these days in terms of sports. It's kind of a drought <laughs> I until myself. you know, a little watch a little preseason football. Yeah, I but know. that's you know, people make such a big deal out of preseason football. You know, it's <laughs> I mean, Patriots say what Bailey Zape yeah. throwing the ball around like they <laughs> zippy. zippy or whatever the hell his last I name is. Zappy, I think. Yeah, you know, the thing is. There, there's so much talk about how bad this offense looks. Oh, I think there's Pat. Hang on a second. And we got a caller. Yeah. Good morning. You're on WTBR Sports. Is this Pat? Yeah, what's going on, hey, Robbie? Hey, we're being joined by Pat Boyle. Thanks, Sean and Robbie. Thanks for joining us, brother. What's going on, man? Thanks for the time. You're a busy guy, so. Yeah, no, no problem. I appreciate you guys having me on, and... Um... Happy to be here. So thanks, thanks, thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks, bro. So as as you might know, uh, Sean Pat, you know, was the uh, outstanding producer at WFN and CBS Sports Radio, and an outstanding young broadcaster and a Cubs fan. I was told you were a Cubs fan, yeah. you poor guy. Yeah, I got to ask you how you became. <laughs> I got to ask you how you became a Cubs fan, brother. I got to ask you this one seriously, that's, man. That's fine. Yeah. So basically, the the Cubs fandom stems from what my my biggest fandom is, and that's Notre Dame football. And that was at like its peak when I was like eleven or twelve years old. Wow. And that was the year they started. They start as many years when they start ranked high and there's aspirations that they're going to win a national championship, and they end up getting blown out in the title game. Uh, that that was no different than in that year as well. And my favorite player was Jeff Samarja. He had the long locks, big receiver, and he ends up getting drafted by the Chicago Cubs. And I, I for some reason, just you know loved uh, loved watching him play so much. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be a Cubs fan because of Jeff Samarja, and also wow. too, it wasn't like I it wasn't like I was a fan of the Yankees or the Mets here in New York. My dad's always been a Yankees fan, but I feel like at that time, when you're like 12, 13 years old, you know that that's kind of when you you enter that threshold of like, okay, when you start taking sports seriously and you become an actual fan, do you follow your dad or your brother right, or whoever right. else's team, or do you or do you go down your own journey? And I was like, you know what, I don't feel a strong way about the Yankees, so. 
I love Samarja. He's on the Cubs. I'm going to be a Cubs fan. That, that's how that was born. So Samarja, so Samarja played at, at, at Notre Dame. Okay. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, because uh, I, I loved growing up watching Alabama because I'm a Bama guy because my, my mom's uh, best friend's dad played at Alabama many, many years ago. So I was a Bama guy from the time I was a kid. But but uh, did, so, so wait a second. So did your family used to go, Patty, Patty, Patty. I'm thinking of Rudy. Yeah, Rudy is such a great film. <laughs> Patty. Anyway, but so you, you grew up on the island, right? No, no, oh. I'm uh, I'm Central Jersey. Oh, Central Jersey, but you became an Islander fan. By the way, Troub is now the new captain of the Rangers. They finally decided to put a captain C on somebody. So uh, no, I I yeah. saw something. Uh, I saw, saw a funny tweet. I said, yeah, they should put the C on his elbow rather than his chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I got into this argument with my buddy Gerard about the fact they go, oh, he's a dirty player. I put it on his elbow. That's hilarious. Gerard, the Hall of Fame apologist. But yeah, no, new and. No, no, no weird thing with the Islanders fan of, uh, fandom. I just feel you know they're they're considered New York City. So um, yeah, when I first started watching hockey, I was I was just I was drawn to the Isles. That's amazing. That's funny considering like I guess like well yeah at that time I would guess what you're you're what you're so you're talking about the '90s and so forth there, which wasn't a great decade for them. But I mean, yeah, I mean their fan base. You know, it's amazing with the with the Isles this year and they moved the you know to the new building. And I thought I felt the, the the management, you know, the ownership got greedy. They should have started the season in the Coliseum where they're just unbeatable. But but anyway, so I got to ask you about this, man. The New York Yankees, what is going on with the Yankees? I mean, I heard you rant the other night, you know, as, and even as a Cubs fan, you know, you're ranting about the Yankees. What the hell's going on with the Yankees besides the injuries? I mean, what, what do you want to do? If you're, if you're a general manager right now, if you're Boone, what do you do? How do you shake this team up? They're, just, they're pathetic. Well, they just got to figure it out, and that's something, you know, in football, a team goes through two or three-game losing streaks, like, all right, they just need a spark. They need to come out. They yeah. need to be fired up. They need to hit somebody. You got to be emotional. You can play with emotion in football. You can play with emotion in basically every every sport outside of baseball. Um, if you play every day, and Garrett Cole, they asked him this yesterday, and they're like, "You guys need like a spark." He goes, "No, we just need to play better." He goes, "We got to just figure it out." And I see, you know, it's easier said than done, obviously. But you know, you said besides the injuries, the injuries are a big thing. Yeah, you know, they're basically absolutely. missing the entire middle of that order when they were going on that huge run. Um, you know, even even when they first got Carpenter and he wasn't he was hitting well, but he was on another level two three weeks into oh, yeah, there absolutely. On the when they got him. That middle of the order became, or the first five became Lemayhu, Judge, Rizzo, Stanton, Carpenter. Right. Uh, once they started moving him up in the order, and now you look at it, Lemayhu's now hurt, Stanton's been hurt, Carpenter's now hurt, um, and the guys that are the, the other guys in that lineup. You know, a lot of them don't belong in the lineup. Right, they I know stink. you and everybody else in New York goes nuts about Aaron Hicks. Oh, he stinks. It was Joey, it was Joey Gallo before that. It was Aaron Hicks. You know, we look back at the end of the season, you're going to say there was probably about 75 games to, until about, you know, the trade deadline where Joey Gallo and Aaron Hicks were hitting in the same lineup together. I mean, that's how bad this lineup is when some of their main guys, when some of their main guys are missing. So... You know, that you factor in that, that Jose Trevino is having a, an exponentially better season than Agashioka, and for the most part, when Agashioka's in the order and they got to, you know, give Trevino a day off, he can't hit worth his own weight this year. Um, so there's just there's a lot of guys right now, and you take out the big pieces of that lineup, it's not a good lineup. They're not going to no. beat teams in the playoffs if they're not 100% healthy. I agree. And the offense is showing you that recently. I mean, they've got, what, eight, eight runs in their last six games? Oh, it's ridiculous. So, 
It's That's just the big ridiculous. thing, and and you know, just a lack of complimentary baseball. You know, those couple of games against St. Louis, one the, the pitching was great, <sighs> and then the offense couldn't hit, and then the, the last game they score nine runs and they give up twelve because the bullpen imploded. They didn't get a good start, and for the most part, you know, Clay Holmes was was invincible in the beginning of the season, and then the couple of games they have had leads in over the last two three weeks, he's blown them. So he's lost his closer job. I think Chapman is going to. Um, be given the chance to get back in there. So the offense hasn't hit, and then the couple of games where it has hit, the bullpen hasn't hasn't been there. So it's just it's been a total lack of complimentary baseball. They've been in disarray. Uh, and if, you know the good thing is, one they got off to such a great start right. that they had this big cushion. There's no absolutely no chance they're blowing that division lead. I don't want to hear anybody talking about a collapse of this epic proportions. It's not going to happen. Um, and then two. You know, consider it. You know, you can look at it two ways. Yeah, they're playing terrible right now. They're not going to beat anybody in October if they play like this. But it is also early enough that they go through this big slump, this big swoon. You would think that they're going to get out of it by September and have a month to kind of get ready for the. Well, I think they can turn it around. I'm being joined by uh, WFN's Pat Boyle. Pat, thanks a lot for joining us to us. Appreciate it. Four four five five nine four three. You know, Pat, let me ask you something. This rotation with the addition of Frankie Montas, right? It's a pretty good rotation. Let's face it. I mean, they got a pretty good rotation of pitchers. But now you're saying the bullpen is like a question mark. But my question is, why doesn't Brian Cashman ever rely on anybody in the minor leagues to bring up? This team needs a spark. Why can't this team ever, ever have somebody? I'm excited to see Peraza. I want to see these guys. I want to see some of the minor leaguers. Do I have to see LaCastro? Do I have to see Aaron Hicks, who signed to another three years on that contract, which was not super, you know, expensive? But who wants to see a 230 switch hitter who stinks every time he comes up to the plate? He's just garbage. Five for his last 53. And the other thing is, I had this argument with McKenna last night at 230 in the morning. He says to me, oh, Aaron Judge is fine batting second. Look at the Mets. Pete Alonso bats fourth. I mean, I don't understand the idea of batting your power-hitting RBI machine and batting him second when nobody's in front of him half the time. I mean, you're batting Aaron Hicks ninth. You're batting LaCastro ninth. You're batting guys that hit under 200 ninth to bat Judge second. I mean, I don't get it. I mean, maybe you can explain this to me. Oh, he gets up more times. So what if he gets up more times and there's nobody on base? What does it matter? I, I mean, I just don't miss it. It doesn't make any sense to me. I grew up in an era where Reggie Jackson batted fourth. Where Hank Aaron batted, you know, third or fourth. Your best hitter always batted third. So I just, I don't get it, man. Maybe you can explain this to me because I'm just, like, shaking my head watching Aaron Judge come up with nobody on base. 29 solo home runs. Rosenberg said to me the other night when I was talking to Paul, he said 29 solo home runs. How does that make sense? I, honestly, please explain. If you can explain that, I don't get it, honestly. The idea behind batting Aaron Judge second? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to pretend like I'm an Ivy League grad that then got hired into the analytics department oh. at the New York Yankees. So yeah. <laughs> I can't, you know, I know that I know the New York Mets bat Pete Alonso uh, either third or fourth every fourth, time. And, and fourth, he, he's got the same yeah. damn lineup. The same, he's Buck has the same guys, Nimmo and Marte, and then he's got Lindor, and then he's got Alonso. That's traditional baseball. Get your speed guys on first, and let your boppers bring them home. What is up, Boone? What is going on with Aaron Boone? Please explain this. Yeah, hits I, first. Robbie, Robbie I, I know that you, uh, I know that this gets you fired up more than anything. And, <laughs> you know, this, this lineup construction, having Aaron Judge batting second, that is most likely Brian Cashman, which is most likely coming from the guys they hired to figure out what spot in the lineup are we most inclined to drive in the most runs. And look, I don't disagree with the idea behind batting him second. You get him more at bats. But then you've got to have guys that are eight and nine in the lineup that can actually get on right, base. Right, so exactly. You want, to put, you want to put the home run or nothing guys at six and seven, that's one thing. 
But if you if you need a guy to get on base, a la Andrew Benintendi, if you're not going to hit him at the top of the order, right. have him bat nine. Yeah, Correct. he's going to get one less at bat again right. uh, at, at that a game, but he's more inclined to get on base and be on base when Aaron Thank Judge you. is at the plate Thank rather you. than the other way around. So, look, I don't mind Aaron Judge hitting second if you have guys at the bottom of the order that can get on right. base. And most of the time now, we're seeing Higashioka, when he's catching, he's batting ninth, and Aaron Hicks batting ninth. Those aren't getting on base. So if you're going to have Aaron Judge bet second, put guys at the bottom of the order that can be on base when he's up there. Do you think a guy like Boone, do you think this is, you know, he's won 400 games, okay? I'll give him credit for that. But do you think he's the guy to take this team to the promised land? Do you think he's a, a, a World Series winning manager, in your opinion? Yeah. Yeah, I think he can be. I think he can be uh, because I think there's managers that have Did you get enough sleep last night? <laughs> What'd you say? I said, did you get enough sleep last night? I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, look, I mean, I know, you know, I know when, you know, I, I know a lot of people like to give Aaron Boone, a, you know, a lot of flack, but, you know, I, I think winning in the regular season and the way that he manages this team and, and you know, again, it's managing is, is nowadays it's mostly bullpen management and then managing the actual players and keeping the team chemistry happy. And I think that gets overlooked a lot, the uh, keeping the team in good spirit, keeping the team winning, driving that culture, driving that leadership. You know, we talk about culture and leadership. We talk about Buck Showalter in New York all right, the time. Right, because, right. You know, he's a baseball guy. He's gritty. He's a grizzled veteran. He's been a, people don't talk about Aaron Boone in that way, and I, and I don't I don't see why because, you, like you said, in four full seasons, he's going to win 100 games three times. So he's obviously doing something right in that clubhouse, in that locker room. You know, the bullpen management, look, he's not been perfect. Um, and we and we criticize and we look at the microscope every single mistake he makes. You know, Buck Showalter's made a couple of mistakes this year, and oh, yes. throwing the guys in the bullpen before Edwin Diaz this year. Um, but you know, for the most part, uh, I think Aaron Boone can win a World Series. I think for the most part, you got to October. It's do your guys perform. You know, are the guys in the lineup going to hit? Are the guys going to hit and run right, with runners right. in scored position? In the they, never do, the they, they never do, though. They never do. They never do. I mean, it's, it's ten years of this. The they never do. You know. Yeah, no, the big issues for the Yankees, it hasn't been the bullpen, it hasn't been which guy's coming in. I mean, I know Chapman's given up two big home runs in the last couple of years, right, but right. you can't fault Boone for putting in their closer at the no, time. No, it's, it's the only thing you can do. Like that. It's, it's his, you know, it's the pitcher's job to do his job. What else can a manager do? I understand that. You know, speaking of Buck, so it's, it's got to be, it's gotta be they got to be able to hit in October, and I don't think Aaron Boone is standing in their way of doing that. So, yeah, I think he, if they hit in October, yeah, he can win a World Series, absolutely. Did you know he lives in a hollow tree? <laughs> See, I, think, I think this year, like, this is the Mets' year to go for it. I mean, you know, the Braves kind of put him on a little bit of notice last night, you know, 13-1, to but that's one game. If DeGrom and Scherzer stay healthy and Showalter manages the bullpen the way he does old-school style, I think the Mets can win the whole thing. I think they're better than the Dodgers. What do you think, Pat? Yeah, no, I definitely do. I definitely agree with that. Now, and the fact that you got Walker Buehler done for the year, done for the year, and elbow surgery, that takes out any chances they really, I think, had of legitimately oh, matching the Mets. So, you know, tit for tat in terms of the starting pitching. Um, you know, now that he's out of the picture, I, I, you said it. If Scherzer and Degrom stay healthy, that's one of the deadliest one-two punches in the last decade of, of baseball. You know, considering they're going up, you know, Tony Gonsolin, Luis Arias, Anderson, those, those guys have a good season for the Dodgers. They can't touch Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. So it starts with that. If those guys are healthy, the Mets, the Mets there's no reason why the Mets can't win. Um, and then, again, you know, it comes down to we could say this for every team. If the bullpen performs well, if the guys hit with the clutch, I just think the Mets line up in their offense the way that they've gone about their business. They've been 
less reliant on the home run than any other team that we think of as a World Series contender. That's why I the love them. Out at bat, the infield singles. You know, they don't hit a ton of home runs, but they're still in the top five or six in baseball and run the scores. Right, and that's why I love them. They're built to win in October. The the Yankees are not built. You know what, Pat? The Yankees are not built to win a short series in October. They're just not. They don't put the ball in play. They don't hit for high on base percentages. They they have no speed. They have zero speed with the exception of Ben Attendee. I mean, I just said to McCann last night, I said to Brian, I said, who's the leadoff hitter for the Dodgers? He said, Mookie Betts. I said, who's the leadoff hitter for the Houston Astros? Jose Altuve. When he's healthy, who's the leadoff? Hitter for the Atlanta Braves, Ozzy Albies. Who's the leadoff hitter for the Yankees? DJ LeMayu. What is DJ LeMayu? He doesn't give you any speed or first to third. He doesn't put pressure on a defense or pressure on a pitcher. They'd be, I mean, all through the years of baseball that I watched, whether it was Mickey and Willie when I was a kid, whether it was Jeter and Knobs, whether it's, you know, uh, uh, you know Mookie Betts, and, and, uh, sorry, Mookie, Mookie, uh, Mookie Betts and, and Bogey with, with the Red Sox when they were winning the championship in 18. You have to have table setters. What is wrong with Brian Cashman? Anyway, I got to well, ask like you. The yeah. idea, I also like the idea that I was going to before of the, the, the second or third table setters. So, you know, the Yankees do have speed. They do have guys that can steal bases. Isaiah Kiner Falefa's got 15. Yeah, he's got 15. That's right. Yep. Okay. So I, if, I would honestly, you know, when you're talking about um, getting guys that can steal bases, the Yankees have it. If, if they put, if I'm building an October lineup, if I'm Aaron Boone, I would put Kiner Falefa, eight. I'd have Ben Intendi as that second table setter, that second leadoff hitter at nine, so that if you get those guys on, you got right. great speed on the base, right. and then you let LeMahieu judge. And again, you know, you said the Yankees aren't built for October. If they are, if they've got Rizzo, Carpenter, Stanton in the lineup, the years, the years those guys have had. I mean, that is a formidable two through six in any lineup. So No, no, you're you know, right. Again, you're right about that. It's just about hitting in the, the clutch. The Yankees need to get healthy, but the things that we've ripped them for before in the past of not being able to win in October, not being able to steal bases, not being able to run the bases well. I know they had that horrendous game against Seattle, that 13-inning game. Outside of that, they've been very good at that. And their defense has gotten exponentially better. All right, the right. we ripped that left side of that infield last year, Kiner, Falefa, and Donaldson, they have been fantastic. The Yankees' defense, in terms of a lot of the metrics and the fielding percentage, is also in the top five in baseball. So I think they are built to win in October this year. It's a matter of getting that, that lineup healthy. Donaldson has been a disaster, though. I mean, he's been good at third base defensively, but his, I mean, his OPS is terrible. He's hitting a terrible average, and he strikes at a ton of time. See, that's the thing. My philosophy is to go out and get guys that make contact. He went out and guys, he gets, he gets guys that strike out all the time, Brian Cashman. It's just a, a group of strikeout guys constantly over and over again. But I got to ask you before you go, man, I appreciate the time so much, but... um. Did you hear Moose's rant about Durant the other day in the Nets? Oh, my God. What's your thought I on the did Nets? It. I, I missed it. Hilarious. I mean, I was like, come on, what are you doing? Anyway. <laughs> I, know, I, didn't get I to... know that's his favorite thing that he says. You do that yeah, very well. Did, I... he, did he hit that? Did he hit the high note on the come on, what are we doing? Yeah, come on, yeah, what are we doing? But it was just so <laughs> funny. I texted him yesterday. I was supposed to go to Saratoga. He was in Saratoga Saturday. And I was supposed to go this weekend, but I never got down to see the ponies. But uh, anyway, but... Uh, yeah, I mean, this whole thing with Durant, I, you know, I can't believe the Nets. They're just a joke. The NBA's a joke, Pat. I can't stand watching the NBA. It's funny. I talk to Roscoe all the time, and he says, he says, it's unwatchable, Rob. It's unwatchable. I go, yeah, it's pretty close to unwatchable, in my opinion. But I got to get your opinion before you go about uh, Jets, Giants, Patriots. What do you see happening this year? Do you see Tyler, see Tyrod Taylor coming in the fifth game? Daniel Jones getting hurt? So I was going to ask you what you think. So. Uh, I mean, I could, I could honestly see Tyrod Taylor getting being the starting quarterback, even if Daniel Jones stays healthy, you know, for a long amount of time I wanted to defend Daniel Jones I thought you know he got a raw deal with uh, once once uh, um, you know Gettleman the way they drafted and and Shermer was his best coach in terms of 
unlocking right. the keys for him to do well offensively. I mean, his rookie year was good. It was good. Like, it was actually pretty good. He had one of the best rookie seasons. And from there on out, it's been terrible. Joe Judge, the offense they had there. I mean, running quarterback sneaks on third and 15. <laughs> you know, he was never going to succeed with him. And, and you know, I, for the longest time, I wanted to say, all right, he doesn't have enough talent around him. But there's quarterbacks that have done a lot more with a lot less than Daniel Jones um, in their career. And honestly, no, the way that Kenny Galladay has come out of uh, training camp, he doesn't look like he wants oh, he to stinks. be there. Darius Tony is a big question mark uh, about his health. So, you know, you take away some of his biggest weapons, he's not good enough to elevate. And if the Giants need some kind of change, and Tyrod Taylor is a good veteran that can keep things together, you know, when he's not getting his lungs punctured by the team doctors. I think that we could see uh, Tyrod Taylor get the starting job. Overall, this is year one. This is the baseline. This is the ground level from the Giants. It does only go up from here. I trust in Brian Dayball and the offense he built in Buffalo. I trust Joe Shane in the way that they made the Bills a championship contender right. now for the last couple of years. So I do think that the Giants are going to be good in a couple of years. But, I mean, this is the ground level right now for them. They, all, this, all the salaries they had to shed, getting rid of Bradbury because Gettleman put them in cap hell. I'd be surprised if the Giants win more than five games. Wow. Uh, but it is year one, so you wow. have to have patience. you got to have patience. I know that's been the hardest <laughs> thing. a lot of patience the last ten years. <laughs> I know. I know, exactly. But, you know, this is this is kind of – got to just kind of reset it here and say, okay, let's see. It could be worse. I could be a one. Jet fan, though. It could be worse. So. Or you could be a Patriots fan that has Joe Judge and Matt Patricia working with the offense now playing calls. It's I'm so inspired. Exactly, exactly. So inspiring. <laughs> And I'll, and I'll touch on the Patriots here in a sec. And, yeah. you know, with the Jets, if Zach Wilson's not healthy, I mean, you know, they're saying between two and four weeks, if they go in and they, you know, successfully trim, you know, trim his meniscus like he's getting a haircut, take a little off the top. Um, if that goes well and Zach Wilson's playing by week two or week three at the latest, uh, you know, I do think the Jets can be, can be very, very good in the back half of the season. I think if they can keep it together, before the bye week and not the playoffs, but that those first ten weeks they've got a grueling schedule. All the playoff teams they're going to play yep. the Packers, the Broncos, the Bills, the Patriots. So if they can keep things together and stay healthy, all the weak teams they play in the back half. about the Chiefs like starting off three and seven, but right. they could make a late second season push. And then it comes to the Patriots. Yeah, I mean you better hope whether it's Bel- if Belichick, Patricia, Joe Judge, whatever kind of collaborative you know, BS effort they got going on with the play calling, you better hope that it works out. And, uh, you know, they better hope that Mac Jones can have as good or better of a season than he did last year because I think he overperformed. I think he had a very, very good rookie season. I don't think he has a lot of raw talent like an Aaron Rodgers, like a Mahomes, but under the right coaching, under Belichick's system, we saw he could succeed. So it's about him getting that chemistry with the new receivers, Devontae Parker, if he can get it going with Kendrick Bourne. I like the two tight end system they have on offense, so I think they have pieces there. They need a big again, they need a big year two jump from John Smith. Big year two yeah. jump from him because he was terrible last year. And you're right, Mac Jones, he's not that – they said he did lose some weight in the offseason. He kind of, you know, trimmed down. And he's, he's running a lot more now. I don't want the guy to run and get hurt. I mean, Belichick continues to not surround – Quarterbacks. I mean, he could get away with it for twenty years with Brady because Brady's right. the best of all time. But Mac Jones, he, I mean, he, Devontae Parker, he's got to stay on the field. He's health. He's not healthy all the time. By the way, Sean does an amazing Belichick impersonation. Uh, Pat, I'm really not quite sure what you're talking about there, Rob. 
Well, I always do this. I always do this. I always go, hi, this is Marv. I'm interviewing Bill Belichick. Bill, so tell me about the first quarter today. What's going on here? Well, we got a lot to improve on. You know, we did some things right. Uh, we did some things well. Uh, there were other things that we didn't do well, but, you know, we've, we've got a lot to improve upon. So. <laughs> I love, I, I love, I can hear the rasp, the, yeah. the, the <laughs> rasp from the back of the throat. Yes, I love the that. Rasp, but, yes, the, the Belichick rasp from the back of the throat area. That's very nice there, Sean. As he chugs down, what are you drinking there, by the way? Monster. What's in it, though? Caffeine. Oh, no, a, a lot. lot. A lot of okay. caffeine. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of caffeine. Anyway, so when's your next show, man? When's your next show on the fan? So I'll be on tonight. I'll be on no tonight. No way! Uh, A.K.A., you know, early, very early tomorrow morning, 2 right, to 5 right. a.m. So Lakata's doing uh, the morning show. I heard Lakata's doing the morning there. He and Recco, so I was listening this morning. So. Yeah, so, yeah, so I know uh, we had a couple fill-ins the last two days. I'll be filling in for Sal later tonight, so that's on the fan if you guys want to. Absolutely. Uh, well, make, make, make sure you get some sleep uh, and, you know, do your research and uh, <laughs> be ready to go. <laughs> Come on, well, what are you dude, talking I, about? So Beningo's back on. Here's here's a tidbit for you. Sean used to Sean used to rent from, from Joe's ex-wife up here in the Berkshire. So so Joe so Sean is is familiar with the Beningo family, the Beningo uh, uh, the clan. So up here, so I, I, I go, we got to get Joe on the program. I told him I've been talking to Joe for 27 years, more than that. Yeah, about that. I actually met Joe. Uh, I know you did at Sam's his, wedding. Yeah, right? Her yeah, engagement yeah. party. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah. a what a character that guy is. We had a, a lot of fun chatting, man. It was great. Yeah, no, Beningo is great, and I'm glad that he's going to be on the weekends with Evan. So you know, whether the Jets are doing well, and if, especially if the Jets are not doing well, you know, it's going to be must listen radio. <laughs> must listen radio. So he's going to he's going to be back with Roberts again. Nice, cool. Yeah, I think I think Joe said he was doing some uh, Saturday shows or something too. So that'll be cool. Yeah, absolutely. So, Pat, thanks a million for joining us. I really appreciate it, man. All the best. Continued success on the fan and everywhere. And, uh, you know, thanks again, man. And you sound great, by the way. And there's a lot of good young talent on that station now. It really is. So, but uh, I think there should be a show between McKenna and, and Nick Costo saying, I like this and talk like this really fast. You know, really fast. I like, can talk like that. So. <laughs> hey, Robbie, Sean, thanks, I appreciate buddy. it, guys. It was right, a man. pleasure. My pleasure. My thanks pleasure. so much for thanks, having me. Oh, thanks, thanks, Pat. Pat. Nice to talk to you. All man. right, brother. God bless. All right, thanks, man. All right, Pat Boyle right there. All right, going to go to some breaks before the program department kills me. So anyway, 413-445-5943. Really nice of Pat Boyle to join us. I know he was do- doing producing at CBS. He's doing producing at The Fan down the hall on Hudson Street. So anyway, we're going to take these uh, commercial messages, and uh, we'll be back. Is listener-supported radio. That means we depend on your donations to keep the station on the air. All the local content and the music you love requires your support. You can make your donation today at WTBRFM.com by calling 445-4234 or stopping by our studio at 4 Federico Drive in Pittsfield. You'd be glad you did. Pittsfield Community Radio, for the love of radio. I smoke because it's a habit. It's very hard to quit. I've tried. My wife smokes. It's not allowed in the home. It's not allowed around my children. I just know it isn't good. My husband hates that I smoke, and I smoke outside. It irritates her a little bit, but I think she sees and understands what I'm trying to get across to her, that it's not only bad to her, but it's bad to my three beautiful daughters and my two sons. My dad gets upset with my mom because she smokes and he doesn't, and whenever my mom goes and smokes, she has to go smoke outside. I don't think my mom should smoke because it's really bad for you, and it could hurt you really bad. I do think there is a correlation between parents and kids. The parent smokes, the kids think it's okay for them to smoke. Sometimes all you need is a small reason to quit. 
Yeah, I love my mom very much, but I still wish she'd stop smoking. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hello, Phil Tierney here, the host of Berkshire Jazz, where I play all the young tigers and old lions of jazz every Saturday evening from 8 to 10 on WTBR 89.7, Pittsfield Community Radio. Join me Saturday at 8. And if you know someone who likes and enjoys this great American classical music, tell them about us. Spread the word. Jazz is alive and well on WTBR 89.7. Thanks for listening. Every Sunday night at 10 p.m., something strange happens to the airwaves of WTBR-FM. It's called The Mix. It is an experience like no other on this part of the planet. Witness a collection of fresh and classic beats that are guaranteed to make you move. The best part is, it is mixed completely live, uncut, unedited. So, for an exciting end to the weekend, tune your radio to WTBR-FM Sunday nights from 10 to midnight for The Mix. Hola, hola. I'm Daisy. Yo soy Marta. Whether you want to learn a little Spanish or get a glimpse of our wonderful Latin roots, join us as we celebrate Latin culture with music from genres ranging from salsa to bachata. Gain insight on local news, community information, and very special guests. Only on Mundo Latino. Welcoming listeners of all nations on WTBR 89.7 FM. Support for Mundo Latino comes from Greylock Federal Credit Union. Hey, this is Mike Pezzo. Remember those tunes your parents told you to turn down? Better yet, remember those tunes your grandparents told your parents to turn down? Well, on Mike's Amazing Music and Oldies show, you'll hear sometimes oldies, sometimes blues, sometimes local performers, and a lot of rock. On Pritchard County's only rock station, 89.7 WTBR-FM, Pittsfield Community Radio, Thursdays at noon. Tune in and be entertained and educated. Check it out, it's the Terminator. Hey, when'd you get back, huh? Did you have to shoot anyone? Why are you so distant? Are you not happy to see me? So what's the deal? You gonna get a job now or what? Why are you being so jumpy? Put all that stuff behind you, okay? No one knows what it's like to come back from Iraq or Afghanistan unless they were there. Join other veterans at communityofveterans.org because we know where you're coming from. Brought to you by Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America and the Ad Council. Hi, my name is Bill Sturgeon. I am the host of WTBR's Morning Drive. We air every weekday morning, 7.30 to 8.30. The goal of my program is to inform, educate, and have a few chuckles along the way. We have wonderful guests, political, arts, actors, musicians, teachers. I look forward for you to listen in or watch us on PCTV. Thank you. WTBR. Welcome back to Cronin and the Zook right here on 89.7 FM WTBR. Robbie Zook and Sean Cronin with you. Thanks to Pat Boyle from WFN for joining us. Outstanding. That guy is amazing. Man, he's only 27. Could you believe it? 
He was great. Oh, my God. That was a great spot. That really was. Yeah, he's great. He's just amazing. I told him he's got an incredible future in the broadcast business. He really does. Like, old farts like me, man, you know, I'll tell you. I mean, in with the... Out with the old and in with the new. But, uh, yeah, Pat does an outstanding job. If you get a chance to tune in late tonight or for a quarter, just go back on the Odyssey app. You can go on the Odyssey app, and you can listen to the show if you fall asleep tonight. You can actually go back and listen to it on the app. So that's what I normally do sometimes if I miss shows. And the shows, like sometimes I listen to Francesa's podcast on the app as well and other shows. There's a whole bunch of shows on that. But, anyway, speaking of shows right here, you got a lot of good shows here on WTBR. you got jazz shows, and you got all kinds of stuff. I mean, you got Mike's Amazing Music on Thursday. you got Mundo Latino on Friday. you got Random Draw on Saturday. I mean, it's a, you got Berkshire Jazz on Saturday. It's just a out, really outstanding and a great, great, great lineup. And, of course, Beatles Forever is on today as well. So those are some of the fine shows right here at WTBR. And you can come down to the studio, talk to Bob, talk to Sean, talk to David, you know, talk to Jeff. There's a whole great staff down here, and, uh, and they'll, uh, they'll talk to you about anything you want. If you want to do a show down here, you can come down and do a show. If you want to do some production, you know, or just want to look at the station, of course, if you want to donate, you can also come down to the station. You can also go online. We have an amazing website. So check it out, WTBR. 89.7 FM. So so the Bengals and the Giants and the Patriots are playing the Panthers, right? Yes. Okay. So And we're going to continue seeing the Baker Mayfield Sam Darnold starting quarterback con- uh, uh, competition, which I don't think is a, con- a uh, competition at all. You don't trade for Baker if you're going to start Darnold. I mean, what do you think of that? Who's a better quarterback? I think Baker Mayfield's I think Baker better. Mayfield's he's, better. More mobile, he's more mobile. Yeah, Darnold's terrible. Darnold's terrible. Why don't the Jets trade for him? Get him back. Reacquire him. <laughs> I think, you know, I think the Jets are acquired. It's very simple logic. Jimmy Garoppolo. Why don't they just go get Garoppolo? He's played under, he's played under, you know, the offense. Uh, and Sal, obviously, he's familiar with Salah. Even though Salah was a defensive guy, but still. You got guy. You got an offensive coordinator who's in San Francisco who's now with the Jets. So I mean, I see two teams right? that I think would have been perfect for Garoppolo. One of them is the is the uh, Seahawks, but they're not going to trade for him. It's in the same division. Right. Right. What, what a what a great thing going on up in Seattle. Geno, Geno Smith, Drew Locke. Those guys are totally inspiring. That team's going to be terrible this how, year. How do you think Wilson's going to do in Denver? That's a tough division. That's the best division of football. I really it's think right complete now. Complete best division of football. But I I still think the Chargers. As long as their head coach I, I doesn't start Staley. going for fourth and tens all season, I, I think they you know, But Justin Herbert is legit. That division's stacked. I mean, Patty Mahomes. It, that that division Who's is. Who's winning that division, you think? Chargers, if their coach doesn't do stupid things. He does stupid things, He though. does stupid things. He does things. stupid things. He's ta- I can't stand him. I hate Staley. I can't stand him. He's the one reason they didn't make the playoffs last year. Who the hell goes for fourth and you know and three at their own 20 in a game in the second quarter? What kind of nonsense is that? The Raiders are stacked. Analytic mm. imbeciles. What are you, the Aaron Boone of football? What about the Raiders? I mean, you get Devontae Adams. I mean, Still don't like Carr, though. I'm not a big Carr fan. I think Carr's, what's wrong with him? Too inconsistent. Throws too many picks. Too, just too inconsistent, in my opinion. And that's just my feeling. I think he's more of a gunslinger, you know. Than he, I think he gunslings too much. I, I, sometimes he doesn't read read uh, defense as well at times. But he's a you know he's a guy with a long. He'll have a good year. I mean, he'll throw for four thousand yards, but he'll also get picked a bunch of times in critical situations. At least I think so. So, but then, who who wins the NFC East this year? I mean, that did you know that Dal- seven Dal- Dallas seventeen years in a row Dallas. there hasn't been a repeat winner in that division? Did I, you know that? Wow, that's 17 uh, years in a row. Johnny Carson saying, I did not know that. Wow, that's interesting. I, my pick is the Eagles. I think why? Why, I, do you, I, why do you like the, why do you like the Eagles? I just there's something sneaky about them. With, I, with, I, with quarterbacks, I don't like their quarterback though. I think Jalen Hurts is all right. 
I think their coach is kind of a clown. Sirianni. Jalen Hurts is terrible. I think Jalen Hurts is terrible. I don't think Dak Prescott's that great. He's not that great, but he's better than he's better than Jalen Hurts, though, in my opinion. I really believe that the Dallas Cowboys have the most talent. You just you know what's amazing? The the Giants could have had Micah Parsons. And they could have had, you know, a, a guy like Josh Allen, the quarterback, or or the defense, or the middle line, you know, excuse me, outside linebacker who plays for the Panthers now, the, the other one from Kentucky. They could have had those guys. They could have Micah Parsons, and they went and they got and they got, uh, you know, Kadarius Tony, right? And who knows if this guy's going to stay healthy? He's got a lot of talent, but who knows? And uh, my opinion, uh, uh, your opinion about Daniel Jones? I mean, Daniel Jones is garbage. I mean, and I agree with Pat. I mean, I could see. Uh, Tyrod Taylor starting the season as the starting quarterback, as long as like he doesn't get punched in the lung by by, by a needle, you know, like what happened to him with the Chargers. I mean, the yeah. only problem with him is he's always hurt. But Daniel Jones is too turnover privy. Tyrod Taylor protects the football, and I think if the Giants want to go anywhere this year, that's their answer at starting quarterback because Daniel Jones is awful. They've already not picked up his fifth year option for next year, right? So why would they even roll with him just so he can be terrible again? I just think they're probably just giving him a, a chance with the, with this particular coaching staff and coordinator. I mean, well, let's be honest. I mean, this is three guys he's been with in his career so far. Not that they make you know, it might make a difference, obviously, to a guy like Daniel Jones, a young guy. But let's be honest. This guy was chosen with the sixth pick in the draft. There's so much pressure on this kid. It should have never happened. Gettleman's a fool. He was booed at Yankee Stadium. Did you see that? <laughs> you told me. That's so bad. That poor kid. He never had a chance in New York. You know, we'll, we'll see. You know, the thing, my opinion problem with Daniel Jones, he's just not good instinctively. He doesn't have good pocket presence. Like, I'm watching him the other night. It's like, and I'm yelling at him and while, he's, while he's playing. I'm going, come on, get out. Get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. Get rid of the ball. He holds the ball forever. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. And as far as the Jets go, I mean, Flacco or Mike White. Your pick on that, Mike White, Flacco. I mean, I don't know. Your opinion on Zach Wilson? Do you think Zach Wilson's going to be a good quarterback? If he if he simplifies his game, I think he could be a very good quarterback. He tries to do too much off the cuff, and that's when he throw that's when he gets in trouble and throws a lot of picks. If he would just simplify the game, use the playbook, not try to roll out these RPOs, I think that really kills him. And I think Mac Jones, uh, I think is smart enough that he'll be able to deal with the nonsense from oh, yeah. uh, defensive coordinators oh, yeah. and Joe Judge calling play calls. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, we decided that uh, that's what we wanted to go with this year. And, uh, yeah, so. I can't believe I'm actually sitting with the great Bill Belichick right here. Could you believe this? It's, it's, that's a fast hour, brother. We got to put in for a couple more hours here. Let's, oh. let's, let's talk. Let's talk to the boys. See if we can get another, an hour here. What do you think? That was a fast 57 <laughs> minutes. Absolutely. Anyway, thanks to Pat Boyle, as always. Robbie Zirk and Sean Cronin for Cronin and Zirk right here on 88.7 FM. Have a great day. Enjoy the sunshine. And we'll see you next week, folks, right here. Same bad time, same bad channel. Stay with us. Stay with WTBR all day right here on 89.7 FM. We'll see you.